welcome back to Let's Talk Period, the podcast for people who want all things real, raw and reputable where we smash taboos and break down stigmas. I'm your host Isabella Gosling and today's episode is with the amazing Alexia Merkovic or you might know her as dark pop artist Lex. Born into a family from war-torn Serbia, music quickly became Lex's escape and a way to express her emotions. Finding her feet in the Australian music scene, Lex has already been able to accomplish radio play as well as collaborations with some of the best in the country. Lex also lives with endometriosis and was only officially diagnosed at 22 after suffering for over eight years. Lex has since had to shift her focus from solely music to between music and her health, just to try and get her chronic illness under control. She's always been someone to just sweep any of her struggles under the rug and just pretend to the world that everything is fine. But now she feels like her purpose in life is so much more than just her music and wants to spread awareness for this chronic illness that so many suffer with. In this chat, we talk on the importance of listening to your body, her endo journey from first experiencing symptoms to finally getting a diagnosis, the expensive nature of living with endo, what endo has given her as well as the most challenging parts of living with the condition, how Lex's chronic illness has influenced her music and work as an artist, what she wants to see change within the pelvic health space, plus so much more. Now, here's Lex. Alexia, welcome to Let's Talk Period. I am so stoked to have you on the pod today. Thank you for having me. I'm actually very excited about this. Yay. When I saw you in my DMs, I was like, yep, let's make it happen. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I always start the podcast the same way for each of the beautiful people that come on the pod. And I always start with... Um, all about nourishing our bodies. So I'd love to know if you could share with the listeners how you've nourished your body today. Um, I think, well, I'm definitely still learning. Um, I have a long way to go, but I definitely listen to my body more now um, as I'm getting older than I ever used to. I kind of used to just like push all the health stuff to the side and just pretend it's not there and just try to do everything the same as everyone else. But I think it ends up catching up on you. Um, So you can't just keep ignoring it. So I definitely listen to my body more now. And like, if I'm not feeling up to it, I won't exercise because I'm very like active person. I like to go hard in the gym and kind of try to test myself with keeping up with the boys and stuff. But um, so yeah, I always push myself. um, But now I'm starting to listen to my body. And when it needs a rest, I actually will, you know, give it a rest. Um, I think diet as well. I've kind of used to eat whatever and um, not really listen to what I needed. Um, So I think diet, like if I'm getting, if I'm feeling super bloated and inflamed, like staying away from gluten and dairy, um, I've actually learned a lot about the low nickel diet as well. So um, just, yeah, kind of trying to stay on top of things that will help me feel my best so I think yeah diet and exercise and sleep um and then also more gentle exercising like Pilates and going for a walk um rather than the intense cardio because I used to be fine but now like every now and then when I do burpees and stuff I'm like oh something's 
moving around in there. And did not feel good there. Yeah. And like, you keep trying to push through because I'm like, oh, it's so frustrating because like, I used to be able to do this. I'm like, what is it? But like, yeah, I think just, just accepting the fact that you just can't, can't push through. I think it's really important, especially like the burpees comment that you made, because like, I think it's really easy for us to like beat ourselves up and get really upset that we can't do things that we might have been able to do but sort of like you said having that acceptance that it's okay and finding other things that you enjoy and doing those things when you can and taking it easier when you might not be up to it yeah definitely yeah yeah a bit of a learning process (laughs) oh for sure and it's so right like and you know you can't get it right all the time and sometimes you overdo it and you're like oh I shouldn't have done that but yeah you know, we're all learning all the time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, the next question I ask is all about our toolkit and managing our health. Um, because when we're living with a chronic illness, there's lots of things, items, people, strategies, and just stuff that we need to help us manage. And I would love to know if there's something you'd recommend that the listeners include when it comes to managing their health. Yeah. Um, I... I think over the years, I have tried so many things to help my endo. I'm sure a lot of people have. Like so many people are like, oh, have you tried this? I'm like, trust me, I've tried everything. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I've tried like acupuncture and all those kind of therapies. Um, Acupuncture definitely helps. But one thing that I've noticed like the biggest improvement is um, seeing a really good naturopath. Um, I've seen a few over the years and some have not really helped me too much but I found this amazing one um in the last probably two three years and um like the results I've had from her is incredible like I mean for me endone is my best friend like every month when it's period time I'm on the endone which is so bad but it's just kind of the only thing that's gotten to like help me and like be able to it doesn't get rid of the pain, but it's like makes the pain bearable. Yeah, it um, makes it less. Yeah. Um, so Endone has been my best friend, but when I'm consistent with the naturopath and taking the um, supplements she provides me with and like the diet recommendations, it makes the biggest difference in the world. Like I couldn't believe the first time I went to her and started taking her stuff. Um, I my first period was coming up and you know when it's coming up you're like kind of holding on like waiting for the worst and like do I take a day off work like you like hold your breath you're like yeah yeah and I was like waiting for the worst and I'd started taking her stuff that um she'd recommended and it was like the period came and I was just like waiting and like I didn't have like I didn't have to take anything else and I was like nah this is too good to be true like it's coming, it's coming. And like, I went through that period without having to take any endone, which for me was like, oh my God, this is like a savior. And I remember messaging her and I was like, you are like a magician. Like I've never had to not take any painkillers. So when I am consistent, it makes the world a difference. But at the same time, I go like through waves because I mean, I just get so over, you just get so overtaking so many things. Oh, you do. You go through, and you go through this like thing where you're like, you're taking it and you're like, I think I'm fixed. Like, I think I'm good. And then you stop taking it and you're like, oh no, I'm, I'm not okay. (laughs) Oh, I couldn't relate more. Like I know that feeling so well. And like, you're like, 
uh, it's so expensive and it costs so much money and you know you get over it no one else has to live like that yeah. kind of thing and yeah but then like you do you stop taking it and you're like oh wait actually no that was really helping me I should yeah I should go yeah. back on that because now I'm reaping all of the consequences and exactly. I should <laughs> I know but and then it, yeah it's the money thing too because then it's like obviously I'm trying to be a musician artist yes. and like <laughs> it's like I want to be spending my money on making music and then like spending so much money on health and you're just like you just get so over it you're like oh, I'm just like paying to survive right now <laughs> like you yeah exactly oh, I, and yeah. it's not like everyone you know everyone has different values and like yes you value your health but also if you weren't chronically ill you wouldn't have to value your health so much you wouldn't have to put so much money into it so I completely know how you feel and it makes you like when you were younger when you had no issues like it makes you go back and be like oh my god like that was the dream where you didn't have to worry about me back yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh well speaking of like being younger I thought let's go back and let's sort of have a bit of a chat all about periods growing up and you know was that something that was discussed at school openly did you chat about that with your friends or like did you talk about periods and puberty and sex ed with your friends and family or was it more of like a we don't talk about that kind of thing yeah um I feel like like I think I got my first period when I was 14 um and I feel like back then it wasn't like it's, I think it's becoming more of an open topic as we're getting older, which is good. Um, whereas I feel like back then you didn't really talk about it. Um, yeah, and I didn't really talk about it. And um, even like with my family, like I, like as long as I can remember, as soon as I got my period, I had heavy, painful periods. Um, but I always had like a high pain threshold. And coming from a European family, it was very like tough love. Um, like didn't really have the opportunity for sick days. <laughs> like I remember there were times when I would pass out from my pain and kind of just thought it was normal. And like, I didn't, I just go to school after that. Um, mm. So I just was kind of taught to push through and I just thought that was normal. So I didn't really talk to people about it. Um, so yeah, I feel like I didn't really talk to people. I like my mum knew that like I'd speak to my mum sometimes about how painful it was, but kind of just pushed through. And, you know, we went to a few doctor's appointments and stuff and they just say, go on the pill. Like, it's just, you know, that'll fix it. And then didn't really fix the heaviness or the pain, but, and you'd go back and you'd go to other GPs and they just say, oh, you know, that's just period pain. Like, that's just what it is. So then I just thought it was normal. So yeah, ever since I can remember though, like, always it was just there but never thought of I just thought it was normal yeah and it's hard when you like don't talk with others because you're like oh well everyone else must be feeling like this and they just make it through and say nothing like who am I exactly yeah um did you have like any sort of moment where you're like okay enough's enough like this isn't okay I really need to like get some answers here because I can't keep doing this yeah, um, I can't think of like a, you know, like a defining moment, but I think like, I think like obviously passing out from the pain, like that's not normal. But at mm. the start, I didn't, like it didn't really connect that that was from the period pain. I just thought, 
I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really know what it was, but yeah. like I think because no one really, no one spoke about endometriosis or polycystic ovaries. Like no one really spoke about these things, so I didn't know that it was anything to do with my period. Like you know, um. So I think like obviously like the pain was getting so bad, and like mum would say, oh, let's go to a different GP, different GP, and I think um my auntie like back in the day had a lot of these kind of issues, and she was definitely a big advocate for um listening to your body and like you know when there's something wrong um like no matter what the doctors say they only know so much they're all like just pushing you to the pill like as the one answer um and she was thanks auntie yeah (laughs) so she's always been a big advocate for um yeah knowing when something's wrong and trying to take it further so I think that's when I finally went to like a gynecologist to look into it further yeah. Oh, and so from there, like you did receive a diagnosis of endo eventually. What was that like when you finally did get to see that gynae and from going from doctor to doctor, what was that process like to then finally getting that diagnosis? Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I got, I didn't go to the gynecologist until I think it was 2019. And that was actually only because So I think the moment was I, like, I spoke to a few specialists and they all, like, had assumed I had endometriosis. And obviously you Mm. don't fully know unless you get the laparoscopy. Um, So they all just assumed I had it from, like, my symptoms. um, And I kind of just pushed it under the rug for a little bit, was on the pill, just trying to, like, do acupuncture and stuff like that. And then I remember... um, I was going to this acupuncture guy and he was like, look, your body's under control at the moment. Like, let's ease you off the pill. Let's take you off the pill because it's not good for your body. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's do that. And I remember going off the pill and a couple months after I was actually going to America for a songwriting trip. And um, just before I was going over, I like started to get really heavy bleeding and my skin was breaking out in like, and I never had pimples before and I was getting this like cystic acne um, and I was like, oh, it's all fine. I don't know. It's just coming off the pill. And then I remember being over in the States and I literally was bleeding nonstop for two months and it was like the pain was getting worse and worse and I was like, oh God, something's not right. And then I remember uh, with my friend, we were like on a day trip to San Diego and I was in the back seat of the car and all of a sudden I had like the worst pains I'd ever had. And I was like, I need to go to hospital. Like something's happening. And then I came to the realization. I was like, I'm in the States. I don't even know what the healthcare is like. I, it's just better not to go. Like, So I was like, I don't even know what to do. So we drove back home. <sighs> and I remember I was meant to go to Coachella and I was meant to have another month in the States and have all these songwriting like sessions and I was like I need to go home something's like not right and it just got worse and worse so I remember coming home going to the gyno and they're like you need to get into surgery like as soon as possible something's not right so that's finally when I had the laparoscopy um and oh, then you poor thing like yeah such a horrible time to have gone through especially not even in Australia but like over in the states and like having to try and be like oh do I navigate the healthcare system there or what yeah. do I do yeah because I just heard through people like 
the healthcare system over there is yeah. pretty bad. And I was like, oh, if I go to the hospital, I don't know how much this is going to cost me. Exactly. Like, I'm just going to push through <laughs> whatever happens. Like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. And that's really hard that you had to like leave early to do that. But I'm sure like, you know, you thank yourself now because you did get to go and finally have that surgery. Exactly. What was yep. it like recovery wise? Like, People can, you know, often say like, oh, you know, just take a day or two off work and you'll be fine. And I'd love to know what your experience with recovering from your op was like. Yeah. Um, so when I had the um, lap, he said I had um, stage four endo. So it was kind of everywhere. And he was like, oh, like, you're pretty bad. Um, he's like, because um, I was 22 at the time and he was like mm. lucky you got this now because the amount you had was as if you'd left it and you were almost 40 years old and I'm like oh great that's a great sign perfect news <laughs> awesome um so yeah it was kind of everywhere and I also had two cysts um which he removed but after that he obviously said like the full recovery would be six weeks um I had I remember I had one week off work and then I slowly came back the week after but I remember um I didn't want to stay in hospital because I didn't have um private health care at the time because yeah. it was obviously the year that I came off my parents one <laughs> um so I ended up paying twelve thousand dollars for my surgery which mm. was like I was like I could have bought a car <laughs> like yeah and that's money. like such a yeah I guess like our theme of the chat must be money but like again money like if you don't have private health and then having to pay out of pocket because you don't have the ability to wait on the public list for yeah. that long you know and that's so true like that twelve thousand dollars could have gone towards a car but exactly to one operation yeah and it's crazy because before my procedure they quoted me six thousand dollars um but obviously it's just a quote and they don't know what they're going to find and mm. obviously because I had like so much of it um they had to put me to sleep for longer and like do more so it just ended up being double the cost um but yeah so after that I think I was at home and my mum like each day tried to get me to walk a little further and I hated her for it at the start I was like let me just lay down (laughs) um but it was actually good for my recovery because you know the first day I'd like walk to the kitchen and come lay down for the rest of the day and then walk a bit further um and that definitely helped my recovery so I was at home for a week and then slowly walking a week after obviously like a bit hunched over like just taking it slow but I think I think I ended up going back to the gym after four weeks (laughs) but maybe this time I might just take it a little slower (laughs) I think I was at that point where I was like I'm normal like yeah, you get like you kind of get itching to get back to your normal life and you're like I've yeah. taken it slow for long enough now I'm ready to yeah. go back and then you're like oh yeah. am I <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and how are you managing now so that was 2019 that that happened and now it's 2022 so how have you been since that has things been have things been like more manageable for you or what's how are you like on day-to-day now well I actually just had my second procedure um, two weeks ago. Um, so after my first lap, I was like, yes, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to feel better. But I didn't, <laughs> which is <laughs> annoying, like kind of back to the money thing. But it's like, okay, if I'm spending this money 
and you know clearing everything if it's going to work and make me feel better and normal like amazing. yeah sure amazing I'm happy to do that (laughs) exactly but sadly like a month later like it was just back to the same like and I was waiting and I was like oh maybe it takes some time and then it just was back to the same I was like passing out every time like I'd get my period again I was back on the endone and I was like what is happening like I thought it was clear and then I went back to my gyno and he was like look some people like their symptoms clear after it some people like you're unlucky and it just doesn't like obviously everything's clear and where we need it to be internally but you have that scar tissue and stuff that you just keep getting the pain so that was me I didn't feel any better after my first lap which is kind of frustrating um but yeah so it was just back to the same endone every month and trying to stay on top of acupuncture trying to go back to the naturopath um so yeah the naturopath helped but then obviously it grew back again um and so I just had my second laparoscopy um two weeks ago and I also in that one had my septate because in the first procedure they saw that I had a septate uterus as well um so in this second lap they also I don't know what the procedure is called but where they like cut the septate out of your uterus just to kind of make it grow over yeah again but yeah so now I'm hoping that I get a bit of relief after this one oh I'm crossing everything for you and I hope that you know this can really give you that quality of life back and you can start to live life to the fullest yeah it's it's so bad because like it's bad when you know you think like your symptom that like it's your normal so like even after this lap, um, like the day after I went home from surgery, I passed out again from the pain. And it's like, do I call them and let them know? Like, but then I'm like, oh, but this is just my normal, like, you know, but it's not normal. But you just get so used to this, like, yeah, I don't know, this like new normal. <laughs> yeah. And then if you told like someone else that that happened, they'd be like horrified. And you're like, oh, no, yeah. that's just a regular Tuesday for me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think leading into that, like, I don't like to dwell on the negatives, but I'd love to know what you find the most challenging part of having endo to be. Yeah, um, I think definitely like the emotional and like the mental health side of it. Um, Obviously, it takes a big toll on your mental health. Like, like we were saying, you know, you just want to be normal and like, for events and stuff like people don't and people that don't go through it don't understand um and I think even like for my partner um at the start I've obviously told him like I had endo and he didn't really he didn't know what it was and I like educated him on it and he didn't really know how bad it was until I think the first time I passed out in front of him and he was like oh and I was like yeah that's that's just from the pain and he's like oh okay and then like all the times that I'd passed out in front of him and then I think he started to realize because obviously like it's an invisible disease no one knows like you can say you're in pain but no one knows like how much pain you're in and so I think it also it's also the like emotional toll it takes on your partner as well like Mm -hmm. um with endo obviously some people get the painful sex as well um which I also get and I think it's like it's that part of goes back to not feeling normal but it's like you know if your partner wants to have sex and you're like oh it's like this almost like a dreaded thing and like 
you don't feel good about it and you don't want it to be like that but it's like it just becomes this whole thing and you're just like oh why can't I just be normal like I think in all aspects it's just yeah it comes back to that like why can't I just be normal like yeah, yeah. exactly and then like to get back to normal in quotation marks yeah it, it always takes a lot of time and it takes money and it's taking that consistency and it's just it can be very frustrating so yeah I completely agree. Yeah, Yeah, it is very draining. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the partner thing is something that's not really considered enough as well. Like it is challenging on them and like they don't like seeing you in pain or having to go through all of that. So yeah. Yeah. And emotional um, toll. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, exactly. Emotional for you and everyone around you who loves you. So yeah. Yeah. I would really like to switch it up to positives now, though. Um, Do you think that there's something that endo has given you that you might not necessarily have had or like a quality that you might not have had if you didn't have endo? I think it's definitely made me stronger. I think like I feel like there's a lot of things in my life that I'm like, you just got to think of the positive and you're like, it's made me stronger. It's made me who I am. Um, I definitely think it's made me stronger like I can, uh, it's a good and bad thing that you can kind of push through, (laughs) push through things. Um, And it also gives you like a bit of a positive outlook sometimes on life in terms of like, like sometimes when I am in pain and stuff and people like, oh, I feel sorry for you. I've like sometimes stopped feeling sorry for myself. And I'm like, like, there's always worse. And like, I just need to stop feeling sorry for myself. Like it is what it is and kind of make the most of it. And like, I think like also learning to like love your body in the way that it's been through so much. Like I think like growing up, you know, I had so much um, body image issues um, as a lot of us have and um, like, you know, always picking on like the little things. Oh, why can't you be skinnier? Why can't you have this? And like looking at other girls. And I think as I'm getting older with and especially going through endo, it's like looking at your body and going, holy shit, like, my body is strong. Like my body has gone through so much that like, yeah. And just like thanking your body. That's why I think I'm listening to it a lot more now. Cause it's like, my body has actually gone through a lot and it is so strong. So I think that's like the biggest positive outlook. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I think we are all so harsh on ourselves. So taking that moment to be like, actually, no, my body gets up every single day and supports yeah. me even when it doesn't really do what I want it to do all the time. Like, you know, overall, like I'm so thankful that it does what it does and it does do things to protect you. And, yeah, so I think supporting and appreciating and listening to it is so important. And, yeah, I I think the strong comment is so true as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're some of the strongest people around. (laughs) We are. Now, I know you've touched on it here and there throughout the episode. We've kind of like breadcrumb to this. Um, You were mentioning like that you're an artist and that's for people who will already know or might not know, you're a performing artist called LEX and you mentioned that you had to go to America to try and do songwriting and trying to do events and trying to record and trying to do all the things that come out of being a performance artist. How have you found that side of things when you're also trying to juggle your endo what's that been like for you oh it's it's a big struggle um and like 
I feel like I go through waves. Like there's been so many times where I'm like, do I just give up? <laughs> like, do I, like, I've, like my whole life I've wanted to be a recording artist and like, um, but that, yeah. And like going through endo and all these, and it goes back to again, the money, <laughs> but like, it's a big thing, like in everything. Um, yeah. There's been so many times where you're just like, do I just give up? Like, cause I, you know, spend money and stuff on making music and getting that released and then you have to spend all this money on surgery or appointments and it's just like you're constantly chasing just like that surviving stage and like so there's so many times where it's just like do I just give up because it makes it makes it hard like obviously I have friends in the music industry who don't have health issues which is amazing (laughs) and it just makes it so much easier like even yeah even events and stuff like you know, when you're just so exhausted and everything hurts and you just want to lay in bed, but you have to go. Like, it's just even those moments yeah. where you're just like, oh, I just wish, like, you know, I could just give my full energy and you're, and you're pretending to be okay, but inside you're dying. So it definitely makes it a lot harder. And I think even, like, when you don't know when the pain's going to come to, um, like yeah it catches you off guard yeah like there's been sessions that I've been in and I'm fine and I'm writing and writing with people and then all of a sudden you get like that intense pain and you just can't even think (laughs) like and obviously sometimes I just take endo and then you're out of it and then you're trying hard and you're like oh like I just can't give up here like am I producing my best work like yeah so it's definitely a struggle. Um, gives you a lot to write about. but Yeah, well, definitely. I was going to say that sort of was like the next thing I was sort of thinking, like have you found that your endo and your chronic illness has like influenced your music and the things that you write about and your songs or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think on my side I write a lot about like the anxiety and stuff that comes with it. Um, I have actually written a song with um Zara. I think yes. she was on your podcast. Yeah, well. she was. Um, I, like while you were mentioning some of these things, I was like, yes, that's super similar. And like I can only imagine like, you know, small kind of like not a big world, but small world kind of thing. Yeah. And like I think it would be nice to have someone else in the industry who also knows what you're going through. Yeah, yeah. So we actually did a session together and we wrote about it. And it was actually really nice because obviously we both know what we're going through. Yeah. And we wrote a song um, just about like it was about one like one thing after another and it's just like, like we said, like you're just getting on top of it and then there's always something else and like you just want to like lay on the kitchen floor and just like go to sleep and just like yeah. lay on the cold <laughs> tiles like and just just surrender <laughs> to your body. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. it's definitely nice having having like people know what you're going through in the same situation. Yeah. Has your fan base been really supportive and have they been understanding? Like, have you been able to open up with them and be honest about what you're going through and how it's affecting you? Yeah, I think um, I've only just um, recently actually started to be more open about it. I think before, I don't know if I got kind of caught up in the, the social media of like trying to put your, you know, best self forward and don't want to show the vulnerability but I think like yeah as I've gotten older and in like the recent months um I've been a lot more open like I think it's good to be vulnerable and be open um because there's so many people that are going through it and like 
obviously when I was younger, I didn't have anyone to listen to about this stuff and you start to feel alone. So I think the more that people open up about it, like the more of a community that starts to build and the more, like the less alone people feel. So I've definitely only just recently started to, yeah, open up about it. And it's actually really nice. Like, um, that like even posts about my endo and stuff, like, you know, get like more people commenting and stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. I think there is such power in being vulnerable and it is a strength in itself, like opening yourself up and sharing that, you know, side that you might not necessarily want to share with everyone. But I think, like you said, like more comments and it affects so many people that when you do talk about it, everyone's like, oh, hey, I've got this or I've got a family member with that. So yeah, it's so nice. Yeah. I would love to know what you would like to see change within the pelvic health space. Yeah, I actually, I mean, definitely more like education and things out there because I personally don't even know too much about it I think like everyone's like you know I feel like that everyone just goes to their GP and like expects them to tell them what the best thing is for them and over the years after trying so many things you start to realize that the GP is not the answer um like I kind of just go to my GP now for you know, if I know I need a script for something or if I need a blood test done or something like that, you kind of start to know your body the best um, and, like, have all these different avenues, like the naturopath and stuff. But um, I think, like, endo specialists is definitely a thing. Like, I actually haven't seen one. And on the Gold Coast, I think it's very small. I don't know if there even are endo specialists here. I probably should look into it more. But I think more, like... um, what's the word like getting it out there more about yeah. like and like medicine. yeah and when you mention endo specialist like endo specialist isn't even like its own specialty technically as a doctor yeah currently it's like you're an obstetrician and gynecologist but you have an interest in endometriosis whereas exactly. like it would be very cool if it was like that's your specialty like you go to medical school you do your medical degree and then you do a whole fellowship on endo yeah exactly because even like when you do go to your gynecologist they just know like the I don't know the top level medical side and like the surgery side of it but like even when I speak to my gyno about what my naturopath says like they don't want to hear that side so it's you always take like little bits from each person you go to which is tough too but like yeah you start to know like okay I just go to my gynecologist for surgery and like I know that he's the best at that. So that's why I'm going to him. And then I go to my naturopath for like healing my body internally. And like, yeah, you start to find these different people that help you for different things. But I think, yeah, a lot more like um, knowledge out there about who you can see. Like, yeah, like we said, getting endo specialists and like, I know there's stuff for like pelvic floor therapy, but like there's not really much out there about it, like where you should go. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think like having that team of cheerleaders who can like be there for you and support you and, you know, they can tell you who to go and see and who that way, like they can all work together and you don't have to like repeat everything to everyone. They might already know you because they work together and things would just make it much easier. Which is so tough because at the moment it's like everyone's almost like 
against each other. Like, yeah, when I go to like my old GP and would say about the naturopath and she's like, oh, that's not going to work. And then like, I remember going back to her and being like, like, I had to prove my point. I was like, this is the first time I've not taken endone. Like this works. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's just like, they're all like, they're all in different spots and against each other. So it's like, mm. you only share so much or it's like, going to the GP and they're like oh just go on the pill and it's like no but it's so much more than that like yeah it's really yeah yeah I think having like everyone working together more would just make it much nicer for everybody yeah (laughs) I would just I'd just like to say like thank you so so much for coming on the podcast today and I appreciate you being so open and sharing so much of yourself and I just am really hopeful that everyone who listens will enjoy this conversation thank you so much for having me it was so nice to talk to you thank you so much for listening to this episode of let's talk period with alexia Merkovic, aka lex if you want even more from lex you can follow her on instagram at i am lex music or you can listen to her music on spotify or wherever you listen to music um, by just searching lex so she's got some amazing songs and as she mentioned she's co-wrote some music with zira who we've also had on the pod as well if you want to keep updated with all things Let's Talk Period, you can follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Period AU. And if you're craving community, don't forget that we've also got our Let's Talk Period community over on Facebook. And it is the place for people with endo, adeno, or PCOS, or just a chronic illness in general to ask questions, get support, and connect with others who just get it. So you can join by the link in the show notes or just search Let's Talk Period Community. Also, if you are living with PCOS and you do want to know more about it, you want to be feeling more confident and not so overwhelmed, I am hosting my PCOS Masterclass for PCOS Awareness Month. We will delve into all things PCOS, myths, uh, managing your condition, supporting someone with PCOS, how to regulate your cycle and a Q&A at the end so you can ask all of those burning questions. You can get your ticket via the link in the show notes as well. Um, Other than that, if you do want to support the podcast because you love the pod, I would be so, so thankful. You can follow the show on Apple or Spotify and leave a rating and review on Apple. Or you could just share that you're listening with your friends and family or share about the pod on social. So I would be so, so grateful if you could do that. If you liked this content though and you have any questions or any feedback, I am always all open ears. So please send me a DM and I will be more than happy to chat with you. Other than that, I will be back in your ears on Monday with a brand new solo episode. Let's Talk Period is produced for educational purposes and the information and recommendations talked about do not constitute medical advice or take into consideration your personal circumstances or medical history.